0: I can see you struggling, don't you think that I can feel your pain, I hear your cries every time, in the middle of Greetings and welcome to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mullett. You can visit our website at logicalbelief.org. You can watch these podcasts on YouTube, and you can search for and subscribe to our channel there. Uh, You can also find us on iTunes, uh, just using your favorite podcast catcher. Just search for Logical Belief or Logical Belief Ministries. You should be able to find our feed there. Um, If you want to send me an email um, or a message, uh, you can send it to jason at logicalbelief.org. You can send your words of encouragement and your questions there. Uh, There's also a contact page on the website, which you can send messages that way also. Uh, However, by sending me messages, you are giving me permission to read it on the air. So just be aware of that. All righty. Well, let's uh, go ahead and jump into today's episode. Uh, Last week, uh, we discussed on um, last week's episode, postmodernism and its effect on the church and I went over a quote uh, that I found on Facebook, uh, which I thought exemplified um, much of what of how postmodernism uh, has affected the church and uh, it was a, just a good example of it. And so there was a point I was going to make um, last week and I just never got around to it and it was really one of the best points. Um, about that particular quote so I just wanted to go ahead and jump into that so that as you encounter uh, these sort of arguments and these sorts of uh, platitudes that come from uh, the philosophy of postmodernism and its impact on the church and how it affects theology and how it affects ecclesiology and how it affects uh, the Christian faith and when you encounter these you'll know how to respond to them and Uh, And this is really the same response I'm going to demonstrate here uh, on this uh, particular quote is the same response you're going to give when people uh, accuse uh, you of it's being wrong because you're being judgmental um, or um, you're just trying to assert the correctness of your system Uh, you just think you're right Uh, the problem is, is anyone who who asserts that you're wrong just because you think you're right or you're just trying to assert the correctness of your system, or you're wrong because you're judging, in all those cases, they are doing exactly what they are accusing you of. The one who is saying that, well, you're wrong because you're just trying to assert the correctness of your system. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to assert the correctness of their system upon you. Uh, The one who says it's wrong to judge is judging you for being judgmental. Uh, the one who says well you're wrong Because you just think you're right Well does that person think that they are right It's uh, it's just It's self-refuting argumentation And we as Christians Really need to go away from that um, All people make judgments All people believe their system is correct um, All people assert The correctness of their system Whenever they talk about anything um, All people think that They're right uh, So to simply you're To make your primary argument against another person uh, That uh, you're just trying to assert the correctness of your system And you just think you're right Or you're being judgmental These are all self-refuting arguments And should never be used by any Christian Um, Every human being believes that their system is correct Um, And every human being makes judgments every day Uh, the, The question is Is Does the rightness of our system And does the correctness of our system And uh, do our judgments conform With the special revelation of God And that is what we have to look at So I'm just going to go ahead and read this quote again And then I'm going to uh, address it in that way So it says here uh, I'll just read it again When Jesus was faced by the religious leaders of the day With a woman who was an adulterer Jesus forgave her the religious leaders had condemned her with no hope Jesus forgave her and told her to live differently he offered hope religion offers rules Christianity offers relationship beware of those who are far more intent on proving the correctness of their system of religion rather than their offer of love towards those who follow Jesus who need to follow Jesus no one was ever argued into relationship with Jesus but everyone is offered his love because of the cross and the resurrection In Christian terms, that is called grace If you want to see how I, I took this apart uh, last week uh, Go ahead and listen to the previous episode So I'm not going to here focus upon uh, the contrast made here Between religion and relationship, which I believe is fallacious um, Or the, the way that grace is defined here uh, in a non-biblical way And also you know about no one's ever argued into relationship with Jesus Um, I I talked about all those different aspects of this um, Of this statement But the one that I want to really address here Is the self-refuting nature of this statement Um, The question I would have for the person who made this is um, Do you believe that your statement here is correct? And By posting it on Facebook are you not Trying to prove the correctness of your Of your of your system I mean this appears to try to be an argument For the correctness of your system So if that's true If that's true that you Believe your statement is correct and you're trying To prove the correctness of this System then should We not based upon the own The very conditions you establish Within your statement beware Of you as a Person who is Just trying to prove the correctness of their system Because that's what it says here It says that we should beware of those Who are simply trying to prove the correctness of their system Well It appears to me like you're trying to prove The correctness of your system So we should beware of you also Uh, It's just Guys Brothers and sisters in Christ This does not belong in the church This does not belong Within the body of Christ We have truth And we should stand on it we should stand on the system that Christ has given us we should stand on the pure and undefiled religion that has been given to us by the father of lights and we went through all of that last week so that was just a particular argument and a particular aspect of um, addressing that statement that I wanted to um, I wanted to put in last week and I just forgot was just to address the self refuting nature um, of that statement. So uh, let's jump into our topic for today. All righty. Well, the topic that I wanted to discuss today. Was um, <clears throat> kind of a continuation of, of the very first episode that we did um, On a presentation on presuppositional apologetics and what it is And also the episode we did recently on the transcendental argument for the existence of God So today I wanted to go into more detail About a claim that all of us presuppositionalists will make Is that the unbeliever The person who denies the Christian God Must by necessity borrow from Christianity He will continue to do so And I want to go through and and demonstrate that And and give you the reasons for why they have to do that It's by necessity they must They live in God's world Um, So I'm just going to go through a presentation that I put together I'll also make this available uh, from the show notes so if you want to download that uh, that information uh, you can do so uh, So I'm going to go ahead and transition here uh, for those of you listening on just the uh, iTunes podcast feed You guys will not be able to see this but uh, I'll try to as I go through this presentation i be very clear on what I'm showing here so that way um, it's will be of equal benefit for those of you who are just listening to it. So, I, like I said, I'll make this available in the notes um, on the published podcast on the website logicalbelief.org, and uh, you can go ahead and pick that up if you want to. Uh, that uh, several people have messaged me that uh, those presentations that I've put up there have been useful to them. So, um, as you can see here on the presentation that i put together. For this I have this entitled um, How Unbelievers borrow From Christianity And so today What I'm mostly going to focus on Is is Atheism or agnosticism I'm uh, going to primarily Focus on those because um, Whether Even many people Would call themselves atheistic or Agnostic um, what I've noticed in, in just street witnessing and just talking to people is that most people, while they may not even claim to be an atheist, they have a very secular, secularized and postmodern worldview, which postmodernism is completely addressed by this presentation also. So while they may uh, believe that there's some form of deity that they would hold to, many of them would hold to many of the platitudes and... Uh, And beliefs that come out of an atheistic worldview So, as I go through this presentation The reason I didn't want to entitle this How atheists borrow from Christianity Is that (laughs) really all non-Christian worldviews borrow from Christianity Um, In fact, Islam borrows heavily from Christianity Um, All the cults, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons uh, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Roman Catholicism—they all borrow heavily from biblical Christianity. However, uh, uh, they pervert it, and um, and so even atheism and agnosticism and postmodernism—anyone uh, who adheres to any of these types of systems—is um, going to have to uh, borrow from Christianity because they live in God's world. They have to. Use the tools that God has given them They live in a body created By God, the Christian God And so they just simply cannot Escape his universe, they cannot escape His reality So that's why I entitled the presentation How unbelievers um, Borrow uh, From Christianity So the first graphic I have on here is just a, a Demonstration of the Christian worldview. Uh, first of all we have the triune God It's a form of foundationalism uh, I, I would, would hold that Presuppositionalism or, or biblical Christianity is not classical Foundationalism but It's foundational in the fact that We have to uh, Start with the presupposition Of the triune God of the Bible and that he Has spoken to us in history And in time and Then we now have a Meaningful foundation For justifying and uh, and if I jump back to the transcendental argument that I uh, put together for the existence of God, all these transcendentals, um, and I had listed many of them um, in the tag argument for the existence of God. So if you want to jump back to that episode, but you'll see them here listed here on the screen. If you can, uh, if your screen's big enough, you should be able to see this, but I'll, I'll just list them. So at the bottom here, we have as a foundation, as we have as our presupposition, the triune God of the Bible. And then we have... That he has revealed things to us The revelation of the Christian God And he has revealed things to us He has revealed things to us in special revelation In the 66 books of the New and Old Testament He has also revealed according to Romans chapter 1 A general revelation to himself By which he holds uh, that all men are without excuse Because of this revelation And so God has has. Very clearly revealed himself uh, to all men, so that they are without excuse, but he has also given a special revelation, which was for the purpose of calling his people to himself and to and to uh promote his gospel uh, to the world and it also gives us the foundation for for all of these things that all human beings hold to. And believe but yet cannot justify outside of the triune God of the Bible So the first thing is I have listed here is simply purpose Without the God of the Bible it's a purposeless universe uh, There is no there is no ultimate purpose and reason for um, our existence uh, It takes away the meaning and purpose of life And that's the next transcendental I list just meaning Um so the God of the Bible provides meaning and purpose to life also he provides the foundation for objective morality Which is probably one of the easiest ones for people to grasp and to understand Also he provides the grounding and justification for the fact that nature itself is uniform It, it continues forward in the same way so that is justified by the God of the Bible um, he justifies rationality itself, our ability to reason, our noetic ability, our, our intellect um, is justified with the God of the Bible. Um, human value, the fact that human beings have value and worth is justified by the fact that we are in the imago dei, we are in the image of God. And so therefore, um, we have value We also have dignity, human dignity Is also justified by the triune God of the Bible And his revelation to us Uh, Universal laws, universal laws of logic, mathematics, physics Are all justified if there is a God who orders them And continues to uphold them by the word of his power and, and uh, keep them consistent So that we can have a reason For trusting why the future Will be as it was in the past um, Which is back to uniformity there um, Universal laws and uniformity are very closely Related to one another uh, Objective truth uh, That we can Um, Objective truth provides the foundation for us even having knowledge Uh, Objective truth is only justified by the omniscient triune God of the Bible Consciousness itself in a materialistic universe you don't have consciousness So how do we have self-awareness and consciousness outside of the God of the Bible Who is also self-aware and in fact he is self-existence uh, he has a Um He is as it says in Exodus 3 4 he's the I am he self exists and so because God has existence in consciousness and self-awareness uh, Self-awareness and consciousness is one of the communicable attributes he has given to his creatures And so um, So what I want to go through here is each and every one of these and go through scripture to see how these are justified for us in scripture itself First of all purpose So purpose and meaning The creator has a purpose for all things In Isaiah 46:10, God tells us that he declares the end from the beginning And from ancient times things not yet done Saying my counsel shall stand And I will accomplish all my purpose so God accomplishes all that he intends to accomplish And the reason there is meaning and purpose is because there is a God who is ordering things Who has decreed uh, creation into existence And he has a purpose in that He has a reason for why he's doing this um, In Proverbs 16 verse 4 It tells us the Lord has made everything for its purpose So everything that has been created Has a purpose that God if we don't Even know it that at least God knows In fact it even says even The wicked for the day of trouble Are created By the purposes of God Uh, Meaning There is meaning Because all things were created For Jesus Christ Um, In Colossians 1 Verse 16 it says for by him All things were created in heaven and earth Visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were Created through him and for Him so We have even Satan himself and The principalities and powers of the air Are created for A purpose that God has And they were created for Jesus Christ um, They were created for him And through him uh, Objective morality Um, God has given to all people what they ought to do And this is in Romans 2 uh, verse 15 It says And they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts While their conscience also bears witness And their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them So we see that all men have had God's law written upon their hearts So they have this objective morality that has been communicated to them By their creator as his prescriptive will for them of what they ought to do Um, And actually I skipped over one of the verses up here for meaning um, But I don't want to jump over that so Psalm 139 verse 16 It says here your eyes saw my unformed substance In your book were written every one of them The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them So we have meaning in life there is purpose and meaning because God is working out his purpose and meaning in our own lives and in the lives of those around us So um, And okay so then we have objective morality which we just covered that so now we go to uniformity um, In Hebrews 1 verse 3 it says it's speaking of Jesus Christ here it says he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power so I know that nature is going to be uniform and consistent because Jesus Christ holds them together by the word of his power in Genesis 8 it tells us this is right after the flood God promised Noah and says while the earth remains so there's that condition until God destroys uh, The heavens and the earth um, At the end of this age When God establishes the final age uh, It says when, While the earth remains Seed time and harvest Cold and heat Summer and winter Day and night Shall not cease So we have a justification as Christians For knowing why nature is uniform We have a God who upholds it By the word of his power And he has given us His word that he will uphold the the earth and its cycles um, until the end of uh, of the earth and so we have a reason for knowing why the future will be like the past and we don't have to beg the question um, when it comes to uniformity Uh, rationality. So man is created in the image of God with noetic ability. We are, we have an intellect, we have a, uh, an ability to reason, and that is because God is created in his, in his image, and he also has an ability to reason, and he has an intellect. Now, um, he has not given us the same intellect that he has, but we also have rationality and um, intellect, because God is a rational being and has intellect. In Genesis 5 verse 1 and 2 um, It says this is the book of the generations Generations of Adam When God created man he made him in the likeness of God Male and female he created them And he blessed them and named them man When they were created So we see here that we were made in the likeness of God In Isaiah 118 God tells us come Let us reason together says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be white as snow Though they are red like crimson crimson they shall become like wool So not only did God create us in his image with the ability he pleads with us and calls us to reason together with him Um, So we have a justification as Christians for knowing why we have the ability to reason um, Human value Human value man is Of value because he is an image Bearer of God in Genesis 9 Verse 6 this is also After the flood uh, God Tells Noah whoever sheds the blood Of man by man Shall his blood be shed For God made man In his own image so God's reason that he gives For why there should be capital Punishment when somebody takes away The life of another is because man has value. Because they're made in the image of God. Therefore other men should not kill other men. Murder them. Um, should not murder other men. Human dignity. Uh, we should love your neighbor as yourself. It tells us in Leviticus 19 verses 9 through 18. And through 9 through 17 it gives all kinds of things that we should do for our fellow Men you know like like leave um, uh, Food In the in the fields that were being harvested Leave that there for the poor to pick up We should not rob our neighbor We should not oppress our neighbor We should give fair wages uh, We should we should show Love to our neighbor and In verse 18 it says "Thou shalt not take vengeance Or bear a grudge against the son of your own people But you shall love your neighbor as Yourself I am the Lord I am Yahweh so human beings have dignity and they deserve respect so we as human beings should give respect to other human beings because they are made in the image of God just as we are we also have universal laws so God is everywhere he is omnipresent and he upholds all things by the word of his power and so the God of the Bible the omnipresent God of the Bible and the omnipotent God of the Bible provides clearly provides a justification for universal laws that apply everywhere uh, that are invariant and unchanging God is invariant and unchanging Um, and he upholds them. In Colossians 1.17, it says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is speaking once again of Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah 33, verse 25, it tells us, Thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, If I have not established my covenant with the day and the night and the fixed order of heaven and earth. God was speaking here of his covenant with David, and how sure that was is with his covenant that he has made with the day and the night and the fixed order of heaven and earth. In uh, psalms 139 Verse 7 and 10 it talks about The omniscience of or Not omniscience but the omnipresence of god It's uh in a rhetorical Statement here where shall i go from your spirit Or where should I shall i flee from your presence If i ascend to heaven you are there If i make my bed in sheol You are there so What the psalmist is saying here is that god Is everywhere there you know Where can i flee from you where can I go from your spirit you are everywhere And so because God is everywhere And because he is omnipotent He can uphold the universe By the word of his power Objective truth Objective truth Our knowledge of objective truth Is rooted and grounded Once again in the God of the Bible In John fourteen six, We have Jesus' famous statement That he is the way, the truth, and the life No one comes to the Father uh, But through him In Colossians 2 verse 2 and 3 it says um, That their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding And the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge So all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ And so now we have a source of objective truth The one who knows all things who is omniscience Can reveal things to us in such a way That we can know them to be certain But we have no other way to justify Our knowledge of Objective truths outside Of the one who um, Is the source of objective Truth because he created all things In other words everything that is true is Because God created it to be true And everything is a fact because Jesus Christ made it a fact And so those things That we say are, are facts And are objectively true are that way because God made them so And we can actually know them And we can have knowledge of them Because God has revealed them to us In such a way that we know them to be certain And this applies to all human beings Not just believers All unbelievers have certain knowledge Of objective truths That they could know no other way Other than if it was revealed to them By the omniscient God of the Bible In uh, Proverbs Uh, 1 verse 7 It tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning Of knowledge and Fools despise wisdom and instruction Instruction so God is The fear of God Itself is the beginning is the Foundation for Having true knowledge Um, Otherwise a human being cannot Justify their knowing anything Whatsoever unless They can appeal to the foundation And justification of the God Of the Bible consciousness um is the next thing here we have self-awareness and consciousness because we have been created by and are in the image of God who himself has self-existence in Exodus 3 verse 14 God here in speaking to Moses when he was calling him out of the 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 bush that was on fire uh God said to um Moses from the burning bush I am who I am and he said Say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you so God is saying here I am I am the self-existent one God in fact is the only one that can say he is the I am um, Jesus himself quoted uh, from here and in from portions in Isaiah in like John chapter 8 and John chapter 5 where uh for example I think it's in John 8 24 It says unless you believe that I am he You will die in your sins Ego, go I me um, I am Unless you believe that I am You will die in your sins So we Can have self-awareness And consciousness Even though we're made of matter And that is because God has created us As spiritual beings We have a spirit That has self-awareness and when the spirit departs from the body, the body dies It no longer has self-awareness and existence self, uh, Self-existence and consciousness um, So now we go and we look at the non-Christian worldview So this is the worldview that is opposed to Christianity This is the one that says the God of the Bible does not exist So that's the foundation, that's the presupposition for these people They say the Christian God does not exist They may maybe believe in another God, maybe they're a deist Um, Maybe they're uh, a Muslim, Uh, maybe they're a Mormon Um, But they say that the triune God of the Bible does not exist Now, the closer that you get to the triune God of the Bible The more justification that you can provide For certain aspects But all those religions that are not Christianity Always will borrow from Christianity In some way or another And they will all be internally inconsistent And self-refuting in different aspects Um, The further they go from the God of the Bible The closer you get to the God of the Bible In your theology Um the more consistent you will become And the more consistent your worldview will be The further you get away from it And it's almost like a logarithmic effect uh, The more inconsistent and incoherent Your worldview will become And so the non-Christian especially atheistic worldview Which is the not the triune God of the Bible Position and presupposition Results in there's no purpose If If we are simply um, cosmic broccoli, um then, why is there any purpose whatsoever? What reason do you even have for getting up if if you're just a complete accident of nature,, uh, this results in no meaning left in life. no purpose and no meaning. There's no objective morality because you now no longer have a foundation by which flows, Truths outside of yourself We have subjectivism Which is Is your own personal uh, Preferences And desires and then we have Things outside of Us as subjective human beings We have truths that exist Somehow independent of us but how Do they exist independent of us if All that exists independent of us is The material universe uh, There's no you, you Cannot ground Objective morality within the universe Itself uh, it, it doesn't provide that Level of grounding it has to come from um, Well First of all objective morals Are conceptual in nature uh, You don't find Objective morals um, as, as part Of uh, electrons um, Or uh, Carved into The Rock layers in some way (laughs) You don't you don't find them as part Of the material universe they're Conceptual they're transcendent In nature um, But yet they Carry truth value And people appeal to them constantly But outside Of the Christian God you can't Provide a justification for them Um, Outside Of your subjectivity If you are completely in the all you have is a subjective world view Then you have no grounding Or no reason that you can give For saying that there are Moral oughts You cannot construct an ethical system That's coherent uh, If you don't start With the God of the Bible You don't have uniformity You cannot, you cannot justify your own belief um, and, and science itself Wouldn't even be possible The scientific method would not even be possible if uniformity and induction is not assumed to be true. You can't do science. You cannot, it would not be possible to do science if you think that the laws of gravity might be different or might change in the next minute. How could you ever do experimentation and trust the output and and expect yourself to get uh, consistent results so that you can actually test things? In order to test things, in order to invoke the scientific method and actually utilize it, um, and to even believe that the scientific method itself is a coherent system that will work in the next three seconds, um, you have to be trusting in something keeping nature uniform. When your worldview posits that the reason that we're even here is an ever-changing materialistic universe that somehow eventually evolved to us, but if the universe is constantly changing, then how do you get a foundation for uniformity? How do you get a justification for uniformity? And the best thing that you can do is simply beg the question, well, it's just always been that way in the past. Well, that's not the question. The question is, is why do you expect it to be that way in the future? Now, as a Christian, I say, I just quoted Genesis eight twenty two. I expect God to uphold the universe by the word of his power because he tells us he will. And so I can give a reason for it but the not christian worldview can't posit a reason now like i said the closer you get to christianity you know um uh, you know other forms of deity can say well you know they're holding you know god's holding it uniform even though uh none of their revelation really says that in any way um the way the christian um scriptures do but um they just simply have to assume it the other thing that doesn't make sense in islam is that allah really cannot be the justification for uniformity because he's capricious and he's a deceiver in fact the quran itself tells us that allah is the chief and the best of deceivers so there allah cannot provide the grounding for induction and uniformity only the god of the bible who's unchanging and immutable cannot lie and has promised us already that he will uphold nature and keep it uniform um, we, we can't provide a justification out, outside of it So uniformity really is not justified in any worldview other than biblical Christianity And so uh, you don't have rationality from a not God or an atheistic perspective um, You don't have a God who has given us his his sentience and his noetic ability has, has given that to us as his communicable attributes you you don't have that all you have is matter and how do you get rationality uh, and logical inference from from matter uh, you can't get it you don't have it no human value if if we're all just evolved then and algae is evolved broccoli is re, uh, is evolved carrots are are evolved what makes human beings of more value than broccoli there's you can't provide a reason for it you can you can make all kinds of claims you can say well um, you know because human bi- human beings have the ability to communicate and uh, and um, have uh, have the ability to reason and are self-aware okay. Well why are you assuming that self-awareness Reasoning and communication abilities Is of more value than you know what broccoli Has who are you Who are you to, to Impose this system you know what if the other Guy sitting beside you goes well you know what I think the ontology Of broccoli is of more Value than a human being Can you You don't have anything To appeal to um, To say that that Is not true now as a Christian I do I have something I can appeal to But as A not Christian And especially atheistic worldview, You don't have any ability to object to that uh, No human dignity You don't have um, No universal uh, Laws You can't justify Laws of logic Laws of mathematics Laws of physics um, Especially the laws of logic How how can you justify transcendent, immaterial, not made of matter, um, laws by which um, we couldn't even do science if the law of non-contradiction didn't exist? And we hold, each other, uh, we hold each other to truth based upon the law of non-contradiction. The law of non-contradiction governs how judicial cases are, um, are, are judged and truth is determined. Uh, if the defendant on the stand is contradicting himself The jury will most likely prosecute him <laughs> Because obviously he's not telling the truth um, So we have no objective truth If you don't have the triune God of the Bible And I already kind of went over that But there's if you don't have the omniscience of the triune God of the Bible You can't justify knowing anything to be true at all Omniscience is by necessity required uh, in order f- to know something to be true. And I went over this argument back in the tag uh, presentation that I did. But if, if you yourself don't have omniscience. If you don't know all things. Then anything that you claim to be true. Or objectively true. Um, anything that you claim. In the knowledge that you don't possess. It could possibly be contradicted. And therefore what you think to be true. Would then be false. False. So therefore, unless you actually possess all knowledge, you have no way of knowing that anything is objectively true or not. So we as human beings, outside of just our own subjective experience, have no way of knowing anything to be objectively true. However, we do all know objective truths. Every unbeliever and atheist out there knows things to be objectively true. For example, the laws of logic, uh, uniformity in nature. Um, He knows very many things to be objectively true. But unless he appeals to his knowledge of this uh, To the God of the Bible The omniscient God of the Bible who knows all things And created all things And therefore the things that are true are true Because God created them so If he doesn't appeal to that Then he doesn't have anything He can't give any reason for why he knows things to be objectively true Um, He can't justify his, his consciousness You don't have consciousness If you don't have the God of the Bible so, in the non-Christian worldview, and I kind of went all over these, so this slide I'll go through very quickly. There's no purpose. We're cosmic accidents. Meaning. There's no meaning to life. We die and return to dust. Objective morality. There's no objective lawgiver. We only have our subjective preferences. Uniformity. Uniformity cannot be justified without begging the question. Uh, rationality. Reason, reasoning cannot be justified with anything but reasoning. A circular argument. Human value, there's no value to human life We have no more value than broccoli Human dignity, there's no more dignity and respect owed to a human being than to a rock If we don't um, appeal to the God of the Bible Universal laws, there are no universal laws like the laws of logic If the universe is only material, where do you get immaterial, universal, invariant laws like the laws of logic? Objective truth How can objective truth be justified without an omniscient giver of objective truth Consciousness How does matter develop self-awareness and consciousness It doesn't matter how complex of a mechanical system you have How does it become self-aware and have consciousness Um, So what we instead have is what the unbeliever will have to do He will, when you question him on these individual things Like uniformity, human value, objective morality All these things, especially objective morality He will agree that there is no objective morality He will say, well, you know, I can't really um, Or he may try to uh, justify uniformity But I've even heard some atheists say, well, you know Like Hume himself, acknowledge that he couldn't justify uniformity Um, uh, Consciousness, all these things they may say well yeah I can't I'm a nihilist You know or or whatever I can't justify Any of these things But they cannot Live consistently with their professed worldview. it's not possible for them To do it what they will have To do and what you will have to recognize Is they will continually Have to steal from the Christian worldview over here and they will Have to move these things over Into their own worldview um, And you'll You'll see them do this constantly because they cannot actually stand on their own world worldview. Constantly look at their feet. Look at to see what they're standing on. They'll be standing on <laughs> the Christian worldview, even though they deny it, but they'll be continually standing on it. They'll be acting like human beings have value. They'll they'll say, Well, we should respect other people, as if human beings have dignity. They will say, Well, you ought not do that, as if there's an objective moral truth. They will Actually show up to a debate and debate as if there was purpose and meaning in life <laughs> They will they will assume that their reasoning is valid and that they're rational beings they will Believe they have consciousness and self-awareness um, They will constantly say things are objectively true and at the same time try to deny that it's objectively true Which is in itself an objective truth claim so They will constantly be doing this they'll be constantly borrowing from the Christian worldview and this is why we as presuppositionalists say that unbelievers are suppressing the truth of what they already know because this takes constant effort it takes constant effort to proclaim a particular worldview and say that X is true but then live your life and everything else that comes out of your mouth as if not X was true. Um, They simply Cannot hold to it Um, And I Thought about actually playing a bunch Of clips from some Atheists online but I just See it constantly and this is the thing you have To have your ears tuned when you're having Discussions with those people Who adopt a postmodern Atheistic agnostic type worldview Is is challenge Them on it obviously do it in a loving Way in a Christian way in a Second Timothy 225 way um but but challenge them on their inconsistency you know they'll say you know we're just cosmic accidents so therefore human beings have no value and human beings don't have dignity but they'll they'll look in horror uh and they're appalled when human beings are brut- brutally murdered i mean why is that no different than when somebody's over there crunching on a on a bowl of broccoli at a restaurant you know Why are they more appalled to the brutal killing of human beings And then somebody chowing down on a carrot You know what's the difference What's the reason one deserves more dignity and respect And has value and the other one doesn't have as much value Um, Why are you simply assuming that And so um, you'll see for example that um, Uh, Atheists will say things like well you know we should leave something of value for those that come after us you know we should leave good things for our children as if there actually was a purpose to life when their worldview can't account for there being any purpose whatsoever Um, you know they'll they'll say they'll act like there's actually meaning in life you know we should advance technology because for the betterment of humanity you know they love it for and they provide for their families but in doing so they're acting like Christians. They're not acting like atheists they're acting actually as if their children and their wives actually had dignity and actually had value and there was purpose and there was meaning to actually doing those things Um, in fact where do you get love itself from a a materialistic universe Uh, it's a it's transcendent it's a transcendental again you don't find a bucket of love anywhere Uh, but yet atheists want justice they want love They want these things they use these Terms constantly but yet their worldview Can't account for it and in doing so Every time they use the terms and they Cry for justice or they or they talk About love they're once again reaching Over into the Christian worldview they're Borrowing from it and not living Consistently within their own professed Worldview Um, and this is one that's been uh, uh, I've noticed quite a bit um, lately is that atheists will take offense when somebody tells... You know, when we as Christians say, well, my presupposition is that the Bible is true. And, and Romans chapter 1 tells me that you're simply suppressing the truth in unrighteousness and that you actually do know that God exists. In your heart of hearts, you do know that God exists. And they'll, like, take offense to that. They'll be like, you know, you're you're telling me I'm lying. And I've seen some atheists be very offended by that. But their own... <laughs> If they're offended, why are they offended if their worldview is true? If their worldview is true, there is no objective law that says that we shouldn't lie. So why are they offended if somebody says they're a liar? Uh, There's no reason for it from their own worldview to be offended by it. Now, once again, in their own objection, they're once again offended. Borrowing from Christianity Saying that there is a moral ought That says that we should be truthful And we should be honest And, and when somebody doesn't do that That that's bad that's, And so therefore it reflects upon them If they're lying, if they're not being honest If they're being dishonest It's a reflection upon their own character um, and, and that actually matters But from their own worldview, They can't account for why that matters Why is that better? Why is honesty better than dishonesty Why is being truthful better than, than Lying um, they, they can't account For that if, if, you, if anyone says that something Is better than something Else especially from a moral Perspective you're not talking about well I think chocolate ice cream Is better than vanilla ice cream If you're, if you're using the word better With any t- sort of ethical System you are appealing to some sort of a standard. Uh, You, by necessity, have to be appealing to some sort of a standard that you know. Um, And I'll I'll give you an example. So let's say uh, my friend Bob, I ask him, what is 2 plus 2? And he tells me, well, it's 6. And I ask my brother Joe, or my friend Joe, say, well, what's 2 plus 2? And he goes, well, it's 5,000. Well, the reason I know that while both answers are wrong Bob's answer is in fact better Because it's closer to the truth So when somebody says That something is better Than something else They are acknowledging that they actually know There is a proper Standard which should Be achieved and, and should Be um, that we should uh, Strive for and So they're revealing Once again that they're suppressing The truth and unrighteousness that they actually do know God's moral oughts They do know them They just don't want to apply them To themselves personally uh, This is one thing actually I've noticed about a lot of atheists Is that when it comes to uh, Moral oughts for themselves They'll deny them But they'll never deny them When other people do them For, for example um, An atheist will say well there's no moral obligation To be truthful You know there's no ought But then they're very offended when somebody lies to them. Um, You know, uh, Hitler, for example, may have justified um, in his own mind uh, the killing of, of Jews. But he would have been extremely offended if a Jew would have killed somebody in his family or a Jew would have tried to kill him. So when a human being distorts the objective truths revealed to him by God, for his own purposes and he's got his Own reasons for it he always Skews it in a selfish prideful Way It always skews it in his own direction He won't he won't give that same Obligation to other people To distort those objective Truths and those objective moral Oughts that have been imposed by God upon their heart they won't give Other people the The right to distort those when It comes especially an application to themselves In other words the thief will justify His own Um, Right to steal Things from other people but he Is very offended And doesn't Like it when somebody steals something from him And so he's being Inconsistent Um, And so um, All moral All human beings will appeal to Moral oughts and they get these from The God of the Bible and they cannot justify Them uh, any other way In fact, I've heard many times atheists, you know, talk about how we should be honest when we debate. You know, we should be truthful when we debate. But why? Why, if your worldview is true, should we be honest and should we be truthful? Um, Uniformity. They constantly assume the laws of logic, mathematics, and physics will continue to be the same in the next moment. Uh, Rationality. They keep functioning as if their reasoning was valid, even though if you ask them, how do you know your reasoning is valid? If they give you any sort of reason, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, I took a test a couple years ago and I did pretty good on it, so I think I know why my reasoning is valid. Okay, well, a couple things is, didn't you have to use your reasoning to take that test? And aren't you using your reasoning right now to remember that you actually took a test which you're saying you used to validate your reasoning? Sounds to me like you're using your reasoning to validate your reasoning. That's fallaciously circular. Um. Now, as a Christian, well, he'll say, "Well, well, tu quoque" or whatever that fallacy is. It same same for you. Well, yes, I do use my reasoning to validate my reasoning, but I can also use my reasoning to reveal, read the revealed truth of the God of the Bible in His special revelation, and I can actually see now that I have a justification for why I have an ability to reason. I'm made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of a God. Who has reasoning faculties and so therefore I know now why I have reasoning abilities and I can actually trust it because I trust the God who created me and that he created me in such a way that I can trust my reasoning I can trust my senses because he created them for a purpose and so therefore I can actually appeal to something outside of myself and outside of that vicious circle of validating your reasoning with your own reasoning. Um, Human value once again I mentioned this They're appalled when human beings are brutally murdered Human dignity the act if we should Show respect to other people Uh, They hold the Christian uh, Universal laws they hold the Christian to be Consistent with universal laws while Denying there is such a thing They'll hold the Christian you know I don't believe the Bible because there's contradictions In it okay so why in your world View are contradictions even a problem Is there a universal Law that says contradictions Are false um, Objective truth They'll deny there's such a thing as an objective truth Or at least we can have knowledge of objective Truths while they keep claiming Things to be objectively true um, Though they may Say well there's such a thing as objective truth Well we simply just can't know Any objective truth well You just claim to know that particular Objective truth that's a self Refuting statement it Contradicts itself Um, And if If that can be true, if that if your statement can be true, that that there are objective truths, but we simply can't know them. And that self-refuting, self-contradictory statement is actually true. Well, then contradictions can be true. So therefore, now you have no objection against the Bible in saying that it's not true because it has contradictions in it. Um, Consciousness. They believe they have consciousness. You know, uh, Descartes, you know, I think, therefore I am. Um, the I assumes the I am uh, so once again really a self-refuting circular um, it's actually begging the question they believe they have consciousness and self-awareness but cannot justify this from their own materialistic worldview so they will continually have to borrow borrow things over here from the Christian worldview and bring it over and stand on it um, And therefore they are demonstrating they actually do know the God that underlies all those transcendental objective truths that they deny exist They're actually revealing they actually do know this God And that is why we as presuppositionalists say that atheists and agnostics and really all unbelievers Because scripture tells us so are suppressing the truth and unrighteousness They actually know God to exist In their heart of hearts You know I don't know to what degree people suppress The truth of God and unrighteousness Um, You know People can convince themselves of things being True that they know are not true Um, And so So I I don't know what degree They do this uh, at But their continual use Of transcendentals That are only objectively true If the God of the Bible exists Reveals that they actually Do know him And uh, they know that he exists, and they know his righteous decree, exactly as Romans 1 tells us. So thank you for uh, joining us today. I hope this was helpful to you. Hopefully that uh, helps you in understanding presuppositionalism. Uh, See you guys next week, if the Lord's willing. God bless. Don't you know that the unjust... inherit God's kingdom, and through Adam's offense, condemnation came to man. And